0: To another episode of Black Girl Fly. I'm your girl Tanisha Nicole. And I'm Tashana Dixon. And today we're going to talk, <laughs> we were just having a little pre-conversation, might <laughs> be a little controversial, but we're going to talk about loving the skin that you're in. And the genesis of all of this has been, I don't know, you want to share a little bit, and then I have probably a little slightly different opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I would tell you that this probably goes back to a very early point in time. But most recently, my daughter came to me and she's like, I like white skin better than brown. And that was devastating because for me, it's been something that I knew was going to come. I hate to say that, but as a parent, I, I knew that this talk would, would, would enter our life at some point. And I have been kind of trying to prepare for this for as long as I can remember um, in, in me being a mother. Like the thing that I think most recently is, is buying things that look like us or going into environments where there's other people of color or there's different experiences or even pointing out things to my daughter. I've been doing that for as long as I can remember to try to kind of compensate for, for this conversation that would come. And so that was kind of the, the start of really us deciding to have this conversation is just being aware mm-hmm. for me um, and, and knowing that I have to teach my girls how to love themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, something actually happened, I think it was last year, maybe the year before. And, and this, I hope that people can relate to this, but in, in, in being in corporate America, I always had a ritual. When I started a new job, I would not wear my natural hair. I would be as <laughs> Caucasian as possible in all of my my hair choices. And, and even in my appearance, I'd wear my glasses versus wearing contacts. I would try to be more acceptable visually. And so at my most recent job, my daughter, I think, was two. My oldest was two or three. Maybe she was three when I got started. And so I did my normal routine. I wore a wig (laughs) because I've been natural for quite some time, but I wore a wig to have this Caucasian, more acceptable hairstyle, more acceptable look. Um, I've been doing that for some time. And, And one time I came home and during the weekends I'd wear my natural hair and do different things. And my daughter, uh, my oldest came to me and she was like, I was doing something to my hair. And she's like, you know what, mom? your hair is like mine. And I looked at her and I was like, wow, that cut. Here I am covering up my hair that looks like hers on a daily basis. When I walk out the door, I I, I don't wear that. I don't look like that. What is that going to say to her about how she looks? And and so at like almost immediately, I was like, okay, I'm done with the wigs. And, and I stopped wearing them. And I started to wear my own hair. I struggled with it, of course. You guys will hear about that, <laughs> I'm sure, in a future topic. But, but I was like, I can't look at my daughter and tell her that she's beautiful and that she should love herself and that she she's great and that she's enough uh, by always changing what I look like uh, to not be my natural self or to not have my black attributes. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, when I was saying earlier, I think I think we probably actually can both agree that this conversation started way before this little one was even <laughs> born. <laughs> yes. <laughs> definitely. Um, but it certainly was a flashback to my own upbringing when I mean, I was probably around her age, maybe younger actually cuz I was still at daycare. <laughs> but but yeah, I remember this distinct example, the bang No, I got a lot, y'all. So I've always had this like identity You did have colorism issues issues with Misha (laughs) growing up. I had a lot of identity issues and it only got exacerbated as I got older because of the different environments that I was in. But the youngest memory that I have is when we were in daycare and they were doing a play about Rosa Parks. (laughs) Okay. And like, y'all, they wanted me to be Rosa Parks and Tanisha did not want to be Rosa Parks. I was like, nah. First of all, my little brain was like, I ain't going to jail. And I'm still <laughs> but, like that. But no, that's a, not a good point.
1: So, so that's what I was saying. <laughs> when we were talking about... Um, I I do think that a part of of teaching people to love the skin that they're in is showing them the good things about their skin, showing them good examples, showing right. them and, and for you as a kid, you did you literally did not want to be Rosa Parks because you attributed jail with being bad. Yeah, because jail is bad, y'all. <laughs> Let us be clear that
0: jail is bad. There was there was nothing it, yeah. wrong with my little brain. <laughs> What I was missing, and perhaps I just, you know, couldn't comprehend all the goodness that came out of this jailing. (laughs) But really, so that whole scenario, like, every... Literally I told the teacher no. I'm pretty sure then they told mom. Mm-hmm. Mom tried to convince me. I was like, No, I'm not
1: doing it was that. a big ordeal.
0: And like then my mom got my dad involved. My dad was like, You should do this, like Rosa Park's so important. I was like, nope. And
1: then <laughs> finally she was very much who she is today. Yeah, y'all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was born like this. Okay. I'm very set. Like, if it don't make sense, it ain't go it ain't flying. Um, but then I I mean crazily or ironically enough like my dad's girlfriend at the time she was a white woman she had a sit-down conversation with me and honestly I have no idea what she didn't told me and I probably want to hit her up and just ask her <laughs> Your head, like what did you tell my little three four year old self but whatever she told me I was like fine I'll do it <laughs> and so I ended up being Rosa Parks After all of this, like hoopla and like not wanting to do it. And I think really the genesis, it probably, I think that was probably the start of like my identity issues from that point because Mm -hmm. that they made it so aware to me the differences between white and black at that time. And clearly, black was bad in this narrative that we're showing, like, we can't even sit in the front. And if we do, we're going to go to jail for it. Like, that became so obvious to me at that young age. And I think I carried
1: that with me until today, really. I I think that we all carry it. Like, like when I was saying earlier is that I knew that I would have to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And my oldest daughter is darker skin tone than my youngest daughter. And my oldest knows it. Right. Like she, she said, no, I'm more brown Um, and, and in, in, in other conversations we've had, so now this is a common thing that, that I'm talking about with her and she's like, why are there more white people, um, here or why are there not? And she calls, she doesn't call black people, black people. She calls them brown people, (laughs) (laughs) but, and why are there uh, brown people here, or, or or um on her TV show or her YouTube channel that she likes, you know mm-hmm. the ones that she likes. They have white people, and the white people have this, um, mm-hmm. and, and so it is a constant echo. And I, I I don't think that we can ignore it. I think that mm-hmm. for a long time, because it is a hard conversation, right. we kind of skid around it. I don't remember mom or really any adults in, in my life being vocal about hey, there is a difference. Society looks this way. They do this thing. What ended up happening for me is I just had life experiences <laughs> that, that showed, showed me you. that people didn't value oh. my skin color as much as know. others.
0: I feel like people was telling me, you know, like, I mean, and there's different layers to my identity thing, but my dad was always telling me like, you black, so you got to work twice as hard. Like that has been his mantra since I known the band. So,
1: so I heard that, but I didn't get an understanding of why from mm. anyone else. What's what's the why in your mind right now? The why is because that the the connotation of being black comes with a bunch of negative stereotypes mm. that people perceive black people as being uneducated or poor or right. angry or or all of those things. And that only came from experience. I was told you have to be, you have to be better. You have to work harder. You have to do this. But no one sat me down and said, this is why. As I grew up, um, I always thought of stereotypes as being bad. And so people who held those stereotypes, I was like, they're bad people. And it took for me, I'm gonna say in the last decade, it was more about me acknowledging that we all have stereotypes and that we, we create these stereotypes as a way to protect us. So the people that have it, Now, I don't think that they're just bad people. Now, I think that they're trying to protect themselves from things that they don't understand. And so how I approach people, it's different. Now, I want you to meet Tashonda and get to know me, get to know my thought process, because you will see that black people can be educated, that black people can be great people, that black people are not angry. And I think that if if I could have had those talks at the younger age, I would have not resented people who I perceived as being racist or, or, or discriminatory. I would have approached resolving that issue and actually sharing my experience differently.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. That resonates with me a lot in how I was growing up um, with my identity. I mean, so I think the big So the big wrench that got thrown in the whole thing for me was that when I started going to private school, I was never white enough. And then when I would come back to my house in the hood, I was never black enough. So I was getting it from both sides. Yeah. And honestly this is probably what led me <laughs> to like a desire to travel and see this the world thinking you're Dominican <laughs> <laughs> I'm like no, to like travel and see the world and I realized that I mean yes racism exists in other places of the world but once I started realizing that life is so much more than black and white yeah. and like these struggles that America has with the history of our country I was like I'm Gucci, <laughs> and yep. I think, I wouldn't say my identity issues stopped, but, like, I just see things so differently now. Like, I don't, you, to me, there's not one side or the other, and
1: it's not a black way or a white way. So, like, so in in, in, so in that area, things. how does that affect you loving your own skin, in, in, in and yeah. re- realizing that the world is bigger, what did that do for you? It, okay, and actually...
0: I lied a little bit the the first instance where I realized that black actually was not this like one story of us coming from slavery and blah blah blah. although that is you know the primary story but it's not our trajectory and like it's not all that we can be so there was an instance in high school I went to Spelman for the summer like a summer program Mm -hmm. and it, it was like a six-week program or something but like we were just literally walking down the hall one day and you would see all these like beautiful black women all different shapes sizes different hair different clothes and like they were all just hanging around this piano and like playing the piano singing and Mm -hmm. whatnot and I was just like wow like not only are there just so many different shades of black but like there are so many different ways to be black and like your blackness actually doesn't determine anything about what you like to do, yeah. who you are as a person, like none of these things. And so realizing that, I mean, I felt freed. Like, I don't care if I'm not black enough for whatever your
1: definition is, because clearly there's a million other definitions. So that's good. So, so I like it. Let me bring it back around, though. What I heard you say is loving the skin that you're in is about knowing that you're not being held to any standard at all is about truly create your
0: own standard like if you're black you are black enough because you're black like no matter what you do is not going to negate your
1: blackness you know what i mean yeah yeah because i'm so tired of being called an oreo (laughs) (laughs) so so when you think about kids, so so now I'm asking this is really for me and yeah. hopefully for some of you guys out there. Yeah. So what do you do with a kid? Like I have a 6-year-old and a 4-year-old. How do you get them past? Because I, I think that there is a stepping stone to this, mm-hmm. that, that there is a point that you have to acknowledge I am black. Right. You have to acknowledge that this is how people perceive me because you have to work within those means. Yeah. But then you have to acknowledge that everything I do, who I am, in total, I'm still black, but I'm me, and and there's this greater. Honestly, I don't see it as a limiting factor. You know, I think this goes back to what do you our, mean a limiting factor?
0: This goes back to our conversation about my resume. I put my picture on my resume. <laughs> and I was rocking my natural hair in that photo. Like, I don't care if this is not a place that's gonna accept me. I don't want to be there. Right? I think it's teaching kids to love who they are. Yeah, we're black, but That's not a limit on anything except someone else's opinion of us. So I'm not saying
1: there's a limit on it. What I'm saying to you is that at some point you were that little girl who didn't want to play Rosa Parks. And
0: Because you. the narrative was, I'm black, so I'm going to jail. That was the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the civil rights leaders went to jail. <laughs> okay. They should have been, been, they, they been telling me about Zora Neale Hurston. Like, you could All be people who musician, didn't go to jail. Right. You could be a musician and still be an activist. You could be okay, a okay, poet so maybe, and still be an activist. So it's but. about
1: expanding the narrative. Yes. Okay. In
0: my mind, at least, like, and I'm trying to put myself in baby girl's shoes. And like, I i mean, I honestly get it. Like the media is showing us images, right? And <laughs> she is literally making logical conclusions and yeah. asking logical questions. Why do the white people have all these resources and the black people don't have that stuff on their YouTube channel? That's a logical question, yeah. okay? But I think it's, Looking at her own life and seeing how blessed and, you know, abundant her own life is. Like, turn that around. Like, there is not all the black people have this and all the white people have this.
1: You have this and you're black. You know
0: what I mean? Like, no. I don't know. I'm and, not and, a parent. But obviously. so,
1: <laughs> but so I, just to let you know, I was having those discussions with me. So, when, when she came to me and said, white people have this. And she said, there's a lot of white people in my class was one example. I said, well, your teacher is black. Mm-hmm. She goes, mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot of teachers are black. I mean, are white. Um, and I was like, But yours is black, so black people and then she we were talking about there was a girl in her old school who was brilliant at four. And I was like, Well, what about her? She's super smart, she's the smarter person in your class and she's black. <laughs> and this child was actually very light complected She was like, yeah, yellow, high <laughs> yellow. And and my daughter goes, Well, she was mostly white. <laughs> but that's the thing. And, and I and I and I told yeah. her I said, "Actually, no. She is brown just like you are. There's mm-hmm. all different shades of brown." Yeah. And so I am having those discussions and right, I'm trying right. to reinforce that. And I guess from this discussion what I'm getting at is it's about opening the narrative. Yeah. About having larger discussions, but also reinforcing that who she is regardless of the black characteristics or white characteristics is great right Right. that (laughs) she's her she's an artist right she's
0: very creative like there's so many other things that define her and I don't know something that I'm actively working on is my relationship with other races like you know like I feel like there was such a divide growing up like black white like what 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 is this wall that we have created let's talk to one another you know some things are going to be different of course yeah we know that but like let's create a bridge and not create these
1: walls between us yeah i wonder if just you bringing that up i wonder if my daughter notices that we're the only black people at church (laughs) (laughs) i wonder yeah
0: (laughs) oh no (laughs) that's funny that's funny we can talk about this (laughs) All day. But I think we're going to wrap this up for now, unless you have any other closing words. Um,
1: just that loving the skin you're in. I, I couldn't have said it better, Tanisha, that it's about you embracing you holistically, that there's not this definition of black or white or right or wrong in, in who you are, that you embrace everything about yourself, and, and that'll get you to, to loving the skin that you're in. And you teach your kids, you teach your your family to do the same and yeah. spread that love, and the love is contagious.
0: Amen. Amen, y'all. So until next time, I'm your girl Tanisha Nicole,
1: and I'm Tashanna Dixon, and we are Black Girl Five.